So this morning I thought I'd just um, present a little bit of theory overview, if you bear with it. <laughs> so you get a sense of what I'd like to talk about is a kind of pr- prog- progression, because it, um, it's understanding in a way how you, how you moderate your practice so that, uh, you know, what comes first. And in general, I'd like to bring up the image of, of something like... Um, like a vessel containing water and as you fill it up as it fills up then it tends to overflow by itself so you get this sense of filling up a container and then it it flows into something bigger you fill that up it flows into something bigger something like that so you know I say the process of Dhamma is a bit like that you know we can start from a fairly kind of restricted place and want to be in a big place but you can't be in a big place until you've filled up your little place and then you gradually overflow into something bigger, you know, wider. Yeah. Um, and it kind of happens by itself in a way, provided you just keep a steady sense of, of, of um, filling up. The Buddha used this simile himself on occasions, like uh, likening it to how the rain comes down gradually fills up the little streamlets and then it goes into the rivers the lakes and then the oceans so for this gradual um widening and 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 spreading so it's the quality of push involved is actually not much you know it's not a lot of push it's mostly just holding steady and keeping that continual inclination you know and sensing how, you know, when you when things are filling up as as you get fuller in your in yourself, in your steadiness, in your calm, in your balance, in your equanimity, in your composure, whatever, just allowing that to come to the boundaries of yourself, your self experience, the boundaries of your chitta, and then it can kind of over overflow into something bigger because now you no longer need that. Now these boundaries of selfhood or boundaries of chitta, roughly speaking, yeah, the Buddha talked of two, um, yeah, two particular levels with personality level, which is more socially constructed, and something um, bigger than that, which is more almost um, you know, constructed just by being alive, as we tend to see ourselves as being within a body for example, or experiencing uh, very much involved with the movements of the mind, of the heart, even a kind of fundamental instinctive level. We look towards pleasure and uh, enjoyment and so forth. We want to have more of that. That's a kind of very basic thing. Personality thing is much more about controlling, management. So... It's involved with uh, making sure that you you kind of look at you're acceptable, socially acceptable. You're not weird. <laughs> you fit in okay. You can do your bit, and uh, so this sense, so we can get very quite nervous about whether one's accepted or okay or not. You know, so we want to make sure we're more or less okay. And there's bits. You don't want to know, you know, I'm not going to tell you about. (laughs) (laughs) 
So you have these kind of structuring, and there's also a sense of um, if we have particular, you know, systems and processes that we do, that we have territories, places, um, you know, kind of routines we always establish in our lives, things that we, l- we do. Um, you have this sense of, of seeing yourself very much within the systems and routines and um, things that you do repeatedly, called the sila vata. You know. um, yeah. And and these uh, see so have these kind of internal structures. Structures are actually made of of soft structures. That is, they're made of conti- programs, you know, particular codes or programs that we have about where you can sense them. You know, about making us feel safe, okay, um, knowing what we're doing, um, being in something we feel we can manage. You know, we can get along, we know how the thing runs, we know how the system operates, we know that. And we feel comfortable within ourselves and other people, we're okay, we're as good as the next person, so forth. So these two, you know, and until you actually feel that you really, you know, that you're okay in your in your personality, you're all right with that. And you, you kind of feel you've you've moved your systems to things like morality rather than ordinary daily routines, you know, morality and um, meditation. So you kind of move, you transfer your those boundaries to, you know, I meditate regularly, I keep precepts, you've got these kind of boundaries and you feel comfortable with those. They're not things you have issues with or quarrels with. You feel, you know, this, this holds me nicely, this is steady. So within these two boundaries, you, you, you kind of fill up you don't necessarily you don't dismiss those as this is what's a suitable way to be as a person you know to know my limitations to know the physical boundaries the uh you know the boundaries of beha- behavior um limitations what my energy is about what my intellectual capacities are you know what I'm good at and you, you don't dismiss those because those always remain as personality definitions, I mean, they can they can change a bit, develop a bit, but they're always going to be somewhere or another for all of us. Kind of, you know, there's limitations on them how how much you can know, how much you can manage, and so on. And when we can't manage, then most of us go into some kind of overwhelmed state where we just sort of basically there's a kind of bit of a panic, and then you you basically clamp, <laughs> clamp or, or scram. <laughs> What you, you know internally, if you can't do it externally, you sort of something you just shuts out, and you uh, so like that, you know. So um, in meditation, we're learning to to respect the limitations of that of our of what we can manage, and uh, so that instead of going into kind of panic, there's a sense of well, that's about it, really. Yep, that's the limit. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you, you know you can move out, you withdraw rather than just spasm. You know, it's useful to know things like dealing with pain in your body, for example, just how much you want to sort of be with that or bear with that, or emotional pain, how much you feel you can manage. Um, you know, the chaos of life, how much you really want to take in, <laughs> how much you can manage without just feeling overwhelmed or depressed or confused by it all. So that's that's about it really you know that's that's 
and then there's a sense of of uh, you know you, you've reached your limit, and you you un- you know that as a person, this is this is all you can do. This is as much as you can be with right now. Um, and you can't really force that. You shouldn't really try and force that because y- you don't actually get beyond it. You just fake it. <laughs> you know. That is, we, we, ha- we hang on through willpower. So when you're dealing with pain and just hanging on through willpower, this isn't really s- strengthening anything. Because you know? it, it just you, you, you tend to go into a place of numbing out. Yeah. So to just to be able to feel your edges and you know always keep so that your your sense of value, your sense of okayness, you don't go into to mental tension with that or numbing out. And it's like many many of the different forms of stress that we can experience, you take it to that place on a kind of personality level. Then you can also acknowledge, well, this is, this is just the personal thing. Um, yeah. And uh, interestingly enough, it's as you, as you start to feel some sense of real understanding and care for that, you can also sense that, in a way, it kind of, it finally, something in you, it doesn't matter. You can you can you can be beyond it without losing it. That is, you can be in that state of don't know, don't know what to do, groundlessness, and you don't panic. You, that's beyond me, but you're not in panic. This is particularly the case with with ver- the various forms of psychological distress we experience around other people's suffering, death, bereavement, and so forth. You know, in some ways you can't bear it. In some ways you you can because something you just goes well. I just be present with that. You know, and uh, the sense of groundlessness, which I think is is the bit that the personality tends to really feel very uncomfortable with. You know, like I don't know what to do. I'm uncertain which way is it supposed to be, I f- feel that, you know, or the routine's being jiggled around, I don't feel comfortable with this. And you think, and something you go, well, what does it matter? But, <laughs> you know, uh, the sense of of identification with these uh, conventions, rules, systems, and so forth, means that you do feel very uncomfortable when they're jiggled around. But that's, yeah, and then but can you be with the sense of feeling uncomfortable feeling unsteady feeling uncertain you know this was one of the great teachings of Ajahn Chah would always actually you know have a lot of systems and rules in some ways in monastic life and then you know lots of routines and this that and the other, and suddenly just sort of to start to disband them or change them around. So you feel people just be suddenly, you know, what's going on here? And never get told what what was going on. 
you know, so and you think in some ways you think, well, this is pretty trivial. But it's not trivial when actually this is all your life. Can, this is the only this is the only measurement you got on your life. <laughs> There's nothing else to to gauge where you are with apart from these daily things going on, and then shifting it suddenly you feel very groundless. And you say, yeah, that's right. Can you be with that? Something can, yeah. Once it's once it's kind of named for us, as we name it, we feel interest in actually moving into that, because one of the things that moves us on is the recognition, is it's actually more suffering to try to hold on than to let go. There's a point in which it's more suffering to let go <laughs> than to hold on. <laughs> So you hold on. And after a while it becomes more suffering to hold on than to let go. <laughs> so you let go. <laughs> uh, you only let go when it actually becomes more suffering to to hold on. So first of all you hold on and hold on, you think, oh no, just just you know, let go. And then because that f- feels better. So you move that way. It's like your your wisdom picks up, your capacities pick up, and then eventually something you go can shift, you kind of move out, or something moves out, you know, something is able to move past your personal definitions, you know, I think, you know, so, so, myself, I mean, you know, I don't really like to, to be some kind of model of anything, really, but I just do know that, um, over time, many things I really don't like. Really don't like at all. I don't think it's good. I don't really feel this is very good at all. This isn't proper, and it, you know, it really shouldn't. I didn't come here for this, and it, this isn't what it says in the book. And I, you know, I mean, I'm a reasonable person, but it does say this. And I don't see why we should, you know. I, I don't want to get indignant, but you know, it does look. And I did come, and really, what it says is, and then it's meanwhile it's going on another way, <laughs> and then you kind of. Oh well, you know, and then you still feel well. Actually, this is the way I'd like it, but I can also be with that without it, you know, throwing throwing me into some kind of spasm of indignation or or reaction or blaming or imbalance because it's yeah, it's a different different ground. Okay, I can be with that to the point when after a while I've actually forgotten what it was that I liked. <laughs> Because I've got so used to it, you know, that you don't really have so much of a strong personal pattern anymore. You can just kind of flow with it because the the sense of groundlessness is no longer frightening. You know, first it is frightening, but when you get used to it. You think, no, it's, no, it's not frightening. It's just that wobbly, giddy, funny feeling again. And breathe in, breathe out, wide and soft, and and you balance. It's like your stance gets wider and you okay, you can stabilize within this with a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of things that I wouldn't really choose. And okay, I can be with that. You get wider. You know. So that's the that's the kind of process that can occur. And the nourishment all along the way is, you know, simple thing like kindness, metta, towards yourself, non aversion, just to keep the heart alive and humorous and warm and then breathing in breathing out to just release or relax the somatic energies and give you a center center within that because whatever else is going on you can still breathe in and breathe out you know 
airplanes, uh, your airplanes, you get to the airport, your airplane's 15 hours late, you can still breathe in and breathe out. You know, that's your home base. You just, okay, sit here and breathe in and breathe out till the whatever happens. You know, so, and be just practice non-aversion. So it's kind of excruciatingly simple. Um, and you, you know, it makes you, you actually, your territory then gets pretty lean. You know, it's just basically breathing in and breathing out non-aversion <laughs> is, is your patch that you have. And as you get better with that, you know, and you can kind of <coughs> sort of sense into that, then then your capacity to to be with chaos and the unbearable and the awkward and the embarrassing and so forth becomes greater. You know. But it's like, you know, you're feeling your way really as to how much whether you can do that process. And as I say, the kind of line tends to be, there comes a point of wisdom recognition. You know, so you've got the wisdom faculty, which is sensing and balancing and discriminating. And something starts to see, first you hold on, hold on, like, hold on and really hold on. And then, oh, well, (laughs) 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 you know, because it eventually gets more suffering to hold on to let go. And so that the best way the Buddha taught that suffering and letting go of it as a kind of a uh, uh, benchmark that we keep in mind. Mm. And uh, also, I my sense is that you you don't actually do letting go until you have to, <laughs> or you feel you really want to, no matter. It's all blazoned in headlines, you know. Let go, let go, <laughs> give up, let go. <laughs> but, you know, we don't do it until until we ha- till we get ready for it, or we see the need. And in a way, meditation kind of does um, sort of prime the process and quit and push it along by itself, because you get much clearer and you're much more naked in a way. You're much more touching these the uh, your inner psychologies you're with that so you begin to seek get the message a little bit quicker than you would if you were sort of jumping around distracting and so on so you know that's that's you keep those intentions the meditation the morality the honesty and so forth you keep those intentions primed and, and put energy into them and then you're bound to you know come to those places where that wisdom choice gets made of now yeah I'm ready I I can let go of that because I have an inner resource that's that I can be with you know to 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 take me through the, the the chaos or the pain or the hurt or the loss or whatever it is so a lot of our practice is just about the the, the sense of of developing this this uh, richness. You know? So you move move forward from richness, from a sense of capacity, and uh, suffusing the whole system with it. So you just can't move forward from the intellect, like it's a great idea to let go but bits of me beneath the forehead haven't got that message yet 
you know, so you've got to get that down to that. So we do bod body stuff, so you can really feel it in your heart and in your reactivities and your nerve endings. You know, it's a, a sense of softening and widening, and enjoying it and feeling comfortable with that. I said earlier on these three um, qualities of intention the Buddha mentioned kindness, nu- the nourishing, um, non uh, it's non-violence, non of non hurting, and then compassion and empathy resonating, and then renunciation. Renunciation is the ability to know I don't need this you know, I'm above this, I don't need this, I can move beyond it. Um, so, so, you know, there's a fullness that allows us to sense that, filling up with the the kindly, resonating, the compassionate, so you get a sense of that, and then being able to move on. So, what, in general, you know, my my. In, intentions or my inclinations have been you know so far particularly is to try to help us all find our place of of warmth and richness and and uh encourage that uh, and yes it's a continuing process it seems that the first um levels of the path are mostly about developing great heart you know where we can come beyond some of the the more you know structured stuff the idea stuff the cognitive stuff about what i should and shouldn't be who i am and aren't you know and, and the rules and systems and that kind of thing you can kind of come beyond that to just feeling much more a heart-based sense of of how you find balance and how you establish boundaries so developing what's called the great heart which is done through the two processes of loving kindness compassion appreciation, equanimity, the Brahma Vihara, and the path of Samadhi, which gives you more like a bodily bodily sense of that um suffusive quality I was talking about yesterday, the radiant, the spreading, the sense of ease, inner relaxation, things of this nature. So you're focusing on the breathing, development of great heart. So the Buddha said, when you have great heart, then little knocks don't bother you anymore. You know, little scratches and bruises don't just kind of don't get in. Whereas if you if you have small, shrunken, contracted heart, then little things knock you around. You know? So he, in fact, said, you know, with this, you don't have to have finished exactly finished all your karma so much as finished being being knocked around by it <laughs> he said if you want to try and finish all your karma you're going to be here for a long long time the aim is not to necessarily finish all your old karma but to have not be reactive to it so you don't pick it up you can just let it be you know so the the it becomes insignificant you know so it, it gives us a, a reason way out. It's rather like he said, the the great hearts, like the great river Ganges, in which little bits of salt and rubbish going into it don't seem to bother it much. 
it still keeps going. Whereas if it's just a little tiny trickle, it easily gets blocked. So develop, developing this greatness is not just a matter of, of feeling good, but it gives you tremendous capacities. Just like when you're sick and tired, you've got much less capacity when you feel it than you feel well and rested. It's rather like that. Yeah. So this is not considered an indulgence in this practice. <laughs> in fact, it's considered necessary because it's only as you feel that you're able to, to genuinely and honestly move beyond the limitations, you know, for almost from a natural way, rather than the I- idea way that you should be beyond this by now, <laughs> or thinking that you are when actually you aren't. <laughs> Yeah, so it's this 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 is so we just keep keep cultivating like that. And you start to come up against these um you know, there are obvious things we cling to, little bits and pieces of our tastes and preferences, but the more fundamental things we cling to are our sense of personhood, <coughs> you know, personal autonomy, a personal territory, you know a self-image of some kind or another, and our our systems and what I what I what I do with my time kind of thing. So, you know, often in these retreats, both of these get a get a good um, knocking around because generally people most of us sort of crumble a bit as we come into a retreat. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly glamorous experience. Uh, and just sharing the time with other people, just being able to be tolerant, okay with other people, or also crumbling a bit. That uh, <laughs> you get something, oh, it's that's okay with me. You know, you crumble, and I'll crumble. That's fine, and that's kind of nice sense of being able to kind of let some of these personality issues just no longer be big issues and uh, this is kind of wonderful really Mm. certainly you know in in my experience just you know years and years of having people losing it altogether um, kind of going to rage and distress of you know going way beyond their their normal parameters is not unusual um, and of course things like death is a very common common uh, presence in monasteries not everybody's dying but the people generally bring their their death to us <laughs> so every day we're remembering you know so and so's died of this so and so's died of that my son my daughter my baby, my uncle, you know, five years old, not just the old, but the young, you know, tragedies, accidents, diseases, you know, it's just boom, 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 coming in almost every day. It's kind of, you know, and it's not, you don't become immune to it, but, uh, you know, you feel that sense of the being with the loss and the poignant of it. You can't you can't do anything about, and that's good because then you, you have to go bigger than doing than fixing, which is a famous personality capacity. 
you know, and that we kind of feel comfortable because we can fix something. <coughs> you feel oh, you're on top of it. You can fix something. So, you know, coming beyond, you know, being coming beyond that. So this filling up of the heart. This is our, when they say, the f- first priorities to keep doing that. Keep moving into the benevolence. No, you know, moving into the good heart. Obviously, there's all sorts of rough stuff in our lives, all sorts of anxieties and pressures and panics and concerns. You don't want to just be running away from the the panic, but moving into the good stuff. There is good stuff. You have good stuff. Moving into that, touching it, remembering it, spreading it. The whole quality of suffusing is to pick up, to tune into what's good and worthy, you think you can feel in yourself and just dwelling in it and sort of softening into it and widening into it so it becomes your you know a meditation theme both physically and emotionally you know this is what I'm trying to get this sense of how you know rather than f- focusing being a tight constrict- constricted thing focusing being more like a tuning in and an entraining so you pick up the tune and you start to get the whole system to to hear that tune of you're all right, it's okay, you're a good person, you're doing what you can and you get your all of the system to feel that. So that's how you, you kind of spread it rather like that. And as you do so, then there is a, f- a focus does establish, the focus is first of all thematic, it's a one-pointed theme. And the sense of stability arises rather later. Yeah, so you don't just kind of hold a sen- a s- stable bit, but get the theme right and keep spreading that, and you'll find that the the inner stability will occur in its own time. Look at concentration more like that. Yeah, and how do we do that? You know, it's called the process of vitaka vichara, which means you you focus and you resonate. You point to something, you pick it up. You, you thr- is it there? Is it there? How is it? How is it for you? How are you? Are you breathing? It's like that. Are you? Do you know it? How do you know it? it feels like this. Yeah. So you just c- keep doing. That's that's the that's the that's the little bit of action that you're doing. That, that continual touching, resonating, feeling it. Touching it again, resonating, feeling it, losing it, touching it again, resonating, feeling it, so that your mind begins to tune into the theme. Well, breathing in, breathing out, kindness, and so forth. So, bits of one maybe feel frozen. You go to that place and be well. Is it okay? You know, some sense of that towards these difficult places in our lives. Some of them are about other people, our worries, our fears, our concerns, our sense of hostility or, or, you know, defensiveness towards others. We can feel that. You go to those kind of hard edges and just keep resonating that you're safe, you're okay, you know. No one else can take away your, your goodness and your value. Mm. Nothing else can deprive you of that. You keep with it. This is really finally all you have. 
This is the only territory you can really have. But if you focus on that, that can expand and it can be of great resource for yourself. And others will come and uh, drink from that. So it, it certainly is a of universal value. You're filling it up. What comes out of that as you as you reach some sense of stability and fullness is that the witnessing becomes more apparent because you know you, you you're kind of you're not having to deal with putting out fires and patching up wounds and you know so the sense of when there's more stillness because you feel completed, then the witnessing becomes more apparent and more free from trying to do anything you can just there's a, there's a kind of witnessing that this is where the sense of of uh the wisdom characteristics of non-self and and instability or change come from because you begin to see even this if it's good it's still it's not self it's not personhood it's not something it's liable to change um you know, in in its breadth and its span, and but the the knowing of that. So you're not, you're not kind of hungry for more. Things will fill up by themselves, but you don't feel desperate to get any more. It will tend it tends to grow by itself. So the pro then you trust the process. process of Dhamma, the process of completion can then occur by itself rather than being personally driven. Mm. So that sense of non-attachment is both um, a way, you know, comes out of the process and also transcends the process. We use a phrase like transcend as if something you can do. I'll now transcend love and hate. I'll now transcend likes and dislikes. If you think you can transcend something, (laughs) uh, I don't know, I suggest there's a bit of denial in there. (laughs) You can suppress it. You can't transcend anything. But transcendence can occur through fullness. That is something you genuinely is just not in that anymore. Yeah. And you didn't have to transcend it. it; just you couldn't stop transcending it. <laughs> you know, you just something new grows out of it. Just like I've now transcended Smarties and teddy bears. Just about. How did I manage to do that? Well, <laughs> first I got onto you know. <laughs> 
liquor and rock and roll. So that, but then I moved beyond that. <laughs> so that wasn't good enough. So moved beyond that into into something richer and fuller. <coughs> yeah. So then I don't realize I've transcended Smarties and teddy bears. Goodness, I have. They don't bother me at all now. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> and yet, you know, yet when you're two years old, somebody tells you you've got to let go of Smarties and teddy bears. <laughs> it's not, you know, it'd be cruel, wouldn't it? But eventually, you know, something you can just keep, you can grow out of it. Yeah. And that's renunciation, is knowing there's a time when that was fine in its time, necessary in its time, you, but it doesn't know it doesn't do it. I'm beyond that, I'm above that. So then that that's that's letting go occurs rather like that. Comes by itself. You can just keep resonating and tuning in so you know what you really need, what you really, really need, not what you know personality thinks you want or you should have but what you now really really need and what now you really don't need <laughs> it's, it's kind of simple but this is you know where the meditation is so important so you can just know it right now in yourself pachatam And it's wonderful when you you sense there is something, and it's that wisdom faculty that can actually sense this. It's not according to some plan or system or religious ideology. It's just something in us can sense enough. I've done that. What's that? Yeah. What's that? It's not a person. It's not part of a personality structure. It doesn't have a particular structure or dimension. Mm. So, as you know, we say our first quality of development is just developing the quality of calm, goodness, well-being. Wisdom is there in that. Then further than that, it's wisdom that takes over. So you actually don't really need so much, of the even of the feel-good. <laughs> you know, it's, it becomes more equanimity and letting go is more important. More, more where you feel value. Okay, so that's a bit of just a little bit of map, and uh, you get a sense of how you are with that. If any of it stays with you, just get a sense of being able to moderate your practice in accordance with with wisdom and well-being. <coughs> 